Now, I have to tell you, it's an unbelievably complex subject. Nobody knew that healthcare could be so complicated. Welcome to another edition of the State of Reform podcast. My name is DJ Wilson. In this podcast, we try to bring you the stories and interviews from senior leaders in healthcare and health policy from across a number of Western states. In this episode, we are sitting down with the chair of the Senate Healthcare Committee in Washington State. Senator Annette Cleveland represents the 49th Legislative District, which is the Vancouver area in southwest Washington. She works in healthcare and in health policy in her day job. But as a citizen legislator and chair of the Senate Healthcare Committee, she's also involved in a range of topics. This was recorded in the fall of 2018 in advance of the 2019 legislative session. And in this conversation, we chat about what's ahead, what's on the radar screen for 2019, the policy topics and discussions that we are likely to see in the Washington State Legislature, and what it's like being a senior policymaker in healthcare during this politically polarized time and somewhat challenging period in our politics. So without further ado, this is Senator Annette Cleveland from the 49th Legislative District in Washington State. Senator Annette Cleveland, Chair of the Senate Health Care Committee and uh, Senator from the 49th Legislative District in Vancouver, Washington. Thanks for making time to be with us. I am pleased to be here, DJ. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So tell us first about the people that you represent in the 49th. What does that district look like? And, you know, demographically, geographically, fill us in. Sure. Well, uh, it's, as you know, a district that's located in southwest Washington. Uh, the 49th Legislative District encompasses a majority of the city of Vancouver as well as parts, parts of Clark County. We are a border community to the state of Oregon. Mm -hmm. And so that brings with it number of unique issues that perhaps aren't uh, issues that are faced elsewhere in the state, but it's a very vibrant, growing community with a very, uh, you know, a diverse cross-section of uh, citizens and one that I'm uh, very proud to represent. Yeah, good. Yeah. We're at the 2018 in the Northwest State of Reform Health Policy Conference here in Spokane. I appreciate you coming from Vancouver up here. Uh, why don't you sort of tell us what it's like first personally being a chair of a healthcare committee in the legislature during a time of, you know, not just polarization, particularly at our federal level, maybe more so at our federal level, but uh, a lot of policy uncertainty at the federal level uh, in the healthcare space. What's that like? Indeed, I agree with you. A lot of policy uncertainty, a lot of instability, a lot of fear right now around what's going to happen and uh, what direction should we be go moving in for health care within our state. And that's why, DJ, I see it as our responsibility as policymakers, my responsibility as chair of the Senate Health Care Committee to work closely with my colleagues, obviously, in the House, as well as my Senate colleagues, to ensure that, first and foremost, we protect and maintain our citizens' access to health care coverage in this state and therefore protect and maintain their health care. I think that's our number one responsibility. Mm -hmm. And you are one of the few members of the legislature that there are a handful, but you also work in the healthcare sector. You work for uh, Legacy Health System. Uh, how would you say 
the experience working professionally in healthcare helps inform the policy work that you do as a chair? I find it absolutely critical to my ability to be an effective chair of the Senate Healthcare Committee as well as a, an effective policymaker. Healthcare is complicated, as we know and we've heard before others yeah. say, and it is a sector that is uh, multifaceted. And I would never, even though I've worked in healthcare for well over 13 years, I would never consider myself an expert because yeah. there's just too uh, too much that healthcare encompasses. Yeah, yeah, it, and and changing. Yes. Right. Yes. So, in the legislature, how would you? How would you characterize in the Senate Democratic Caucus, a caucus that's had a number of different leaders on the health care committee, uh, folks like Senator Karen Kaiser, Senator David Frocht had a, a role there for a while. I think he was ranking member for a time. So, the, so the, the issue has been touched by a number of members, but because it's so complex, a lot of times members across all legislative bodies shy away from health care. How would you characterize the depth of knowledge amongst Senate Democrats on this complicated issue? I'm fortunate that because we have uh, a number of members, as you've shared, who have served on the health care committee as chair, as ranking member, as members of the committee, there is uh, institutional knowledge that goes back decades. Mm -hmm. And I find that really helpful. And I work really hard to work closely with my colleagues, uh, with Senator Kaiser, Senator Frocht, uh, others to uh, draw from that wealth of experience and, yeah. and institutional memory so that uh, we are cognizant of what's happened in the past and we learn from it yeah. and don't repeat past mistakes and are actually moving forward. Speaking of institutional knowledge, there's probably, there are few legislators amongst the 147 that have as much institutional knowledge as Representative Eileen Cody, the chair of the House Health Care and Wellness Committee. What's it like working a legislative session with her as a co-issue chair? It is a pleasure. Representative Cody, as you just said, has also wealth of experience knowledge. She also works in healthcare, mm -hmm. as I do, and on the clinical side. Uh, and she is someone who uh, is always uh, very clear and uh, very matter of fact about getting our work done. And I appreciate that about her. Yeah. She's she's something else. Those will be big shoes to fill when she decides uh, to do something I else. I won't let her go. Yeah. So we're recording this in the fall of 2018, but I know as chair and as a legislator, you're already thinking ahead to the 2019 legislative session. Walk us through what you think will be the issues that you'll need to react to as a chair and legislator and those issues that you will be more proactively driving in the legislative session. We will proactively be focusing on a number of key areas. First and foremost, protecting and maintaining people's health care in the state of Washington. And in my mind, that encompasses looking at federal policy, ensuring that we're bringing into state statute uh, those foundational elements of federal health care policy that helped us here in the state of Washington to achieve the coverage gains that we have mm -hmm. and uh, consider other aspects uh other policy that will help us do our best yeah. to create some certainty, some stability for uh, health care and health care organizations in the state. Yeah. 
How would you characterize this sort of never-ending mental health challenge that we have in our state? feels like we've made some strides there, but we still have a long ways to go. That's true. Mental health, I think, is going to be one of our biggest uh, challenges to work to address this coming year. As you know, in the Senate... Mental health currently doesn't fall within the scope of the Senate Health Care Committee. It falls within the scope of the Senate Human Services Committee and Law and Justice Committees. And so uh, we'll be taking a look at um, how better to align mental health with uh, physical health within our Senate committee structure, just as uh, we're working as a state to accomplish. Yeah, I know in the House they moved over a portion, at least the adult mental health, a few years ago to... Eileen Cody's committee. I think they still kept pediatric or children's mental health in Ruth Kagey's committee, but now that she's moving on, I, you know, who knows how things will realign. Within that context, we're a little early to answer this, but do you foresee significant uh, realignment in the Senate, either in terms of the committee structure or maybe chairs? There's, there's a leadership race that's open. How do you see some of that potential reorganization taking shape? That's a good question. Tough to look into the crystal ball and predict the future, but I feel confident, you know, our caucus over the course of the last uh, couple of years in particular uh, have really been a team, and I'm confident we're going to continue to work closely together in a collaborative way. So um, I I think that we'll elect a new leader in November and uh, set to work collectively to prepare for the 2019 legislative session. Yeah. So we're ready. If I put the over under on Senate Democratic pickups at four and a half, do you think the Senate Democrats will pick up more than four and a half seats or less than four and a half seats? That is a very good question, DJ. And I'm going to be optimistic and say more. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing a blue wave take shape? I mean, as you talk to constituents in Clark County and even Vancouver, which is solidly blue, but Clark County is a real swing county in a lot of ways. Very complicated, as you know, Republican dynamics there. How is this blue wave taking shape or not? And how is Clark County responding to President Trump during this term in office? I have seen the evidence of the blue wave in my district, certainly, and more broadly in Clark County. I think one of the things we can look to to, to uh, uh, as evidence of that is uh, some of the legislative races uh, and some of the surprises there in the yeah. primary numbers, uh, particularly in the 18th legislative district. Yeah. We saw the Republican uh, representative there uh, post lower numbers than I would have expected. Uh, and in the 17th legislative district, same yeah. Same thing. So it's certainly evident, you know, there's evidence. And then uh, obviously we have a congressional district uh, race mm-hmm. uh, that uh, not just in Clark County, but uh, in uh, the entire third congressional district, that's very competitive yeah. uh, this year as well. That strikes me, that third congressional, you know, I, I would have thought that it would have been closer. But, you know, Jamie Herrera-Butler beat... Uh, Jim Moeller pretty handily in 2016. I would have thought that she would have stayed above this fray, but that third congressional is pretty tight. It what, is. what do you, you know, what do you have to report as, as, as some a constituent in that district? How do you think that's going to shake out? That is uh, the 
$6 million question, isn't it? Yeah. In Clark County, I think that um, Carolyn Long, the opponent uh, to our Congresswoman Jamie Herrera Butler, will do very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, as for the rest of the congressional district, that's yeah. the that's the wild card. Yeah. How, what do you make of Governor Inslee and his his role on health care? Feels like we we had a very active first term, expanded Medicaid, instituted. Uh, the exchange, even though that legislation really came before the governor, is it? It seems like things are slowing down on healthcare. I'm sure other. It doesn't feel like that when you're in the middle of it all. Uh, but I think the lift was. There was so much legislation coming in those early days, uh, and so much work at the healthcare authority to implement. Do you feel like things are slowing down in the Inslee administration on healthcare, and maybe as attention is going elsewhere, or is it just as busy as ever? From my perspective, it's just as busy as ever. Governor Inslee continues to be actively engaged in providing leadership, particularly when it comes to mental health mm-hmm. and ensuring that as a state we're addressing mental health challenges, doing all that we can to improve the delivery of mental health services in our state to yeah. our patients. So from my perspective, uh, he looks to be just as engaged as ever. Yeah. Uh, this time last year, as you well know, we were facing at the federal level possible Affordable Care Act repeal and replace, mm-hmm. and the governor was very actively involved in traveling throughout the state to talk about the importance of Medicaid to our yeah. citizens here. Yeah. How would you characterize the Healthcare Authority and DSHS these days? Both entities have new leaders uh, and are building out new leadership teams. You know, give us a sort of snapshot from the perspective of a lead oversight uh, agent. How are things going at those agencies? Well, I think as with all things healthcare, change is now constant, right? And there is a steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I have been very pleased with um, how hard our new leaders are working to get their arms around uh, Washington State and the differences in healthcare in our state as opposed to other states in the West. And and I'm going to be here to do all I can to help support that yeah. that hard work. So give us a, again, sort of returning to the question of the 2019 legislative session. Are there a couple of topics within the context of maintaining health care uh, access for Washingtonians? Are there a couple of issues or legislative items that you're looking to tee up early in the legislative session as chair? Yes, I'm looking again at bringing back the bill I prime sponsored last year to implement an individual mandate here in the state of Washington. I think that's key to ensuring that we can keep health care premiums low, lower, and uh, ensure that we maintain the gains we've made in access to health care coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking with my colleague, Representative Cody, the chair of the House Health Care Committee, uh, at continuing our work to talk about possible public options mm-hmm. and what that might look like. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, the range on public option can be pretty uh, pretty wide. Not sort of jumping ahead of that conversation too much, Representative Riccioli had an interesting bill that would allow a buy-in of, into Medicaid for those who are in the commercial space. What are your thoughts about a Medicaid buy-in approach on the, as a public option solution? I have some concerns about a Medicaid buy-in, frankly, because of the fact that 
we already have access issues within Medicaid here in the state of Washington. We have difficulty with uh, providers being able to accept or meet the need, yeah. the Medicaid need. And I, I, therefore, I would be really concerned about a Medicaid buy-in in our uh, setting the state up then to fail because uh, there just simply isn't the access. And we, so I think we want to keep in mind the ultimate goal, and that yeah. goal being that patients can get the care they need when they need it. Yeah. I'm trying to reflect back on the recession, and Governor Gregoire had some tough choices to make. Those legislatures had some tough, tough choices to make in terms of funding. It seems like we've collectively forgotten the tough times and how tough they can be. And I preface with those remarks because I'm wondering what you think about potential increases to Medicaid provider rates, which we've been hearing about in the hallways quite a bit here today, that maybe the legislature wants to take up a push to increase Medicaid provider rates. What are your thoughts there? As you know, we, re- we increased Medicaid provider rates for pediatrics last session, and we're in the midst of implementation of that now. And I believe that was an incremental first step and that we do have to continue the conversation next year in terms of increasing provider rates. Mm -hmm. Uh, Medicaid, as we all know, uh, simply doesn't reimburse the full cost of care, and we then shift that burden on uh, others to pay for that, uh, what's left over. Uh, So uh, as a state, I think we'd be remiss if we don't continue that conversation, don't consider what the next uh, step is toward increasing those rates to a more reasonable level. How do you experience the advocacy of various groups, those that relate to kids versus adults, uh, as you mentioned, mental health is not in your in your committee, but not just about physical health, but also mental health and maybe substance abuse and these other related lines of business. How do you experience that advocacy push? Is it deeply personal uh, from folks? Is it grassroots? Is it some trusted folks that you've learned can be relied upon for information? Give us a window into that experience as a citizen legislator. That's a good question. It depends on the issue and depends on which uh, stakeholders might be then interested in that issue and willing to make it a priority to talk about. But I work really hard. And again, going back to the question you asked me earlier about how I uh, work in healthcare and also serve as a public servant, I take my healthcare knowledge and experience and uh, use that to ensure that I'm stepping back and checking that bigger picture frequently so that uh, as as a policymaker, I'm not making one-off decisions that don't fit within the broader goals of our state when it comes to healthcare. So that's a challenge, but I have to remind myself to look up once in a while. From time to time, right? You got to do that. (laughs) So last question with Senator Annette Cleveland, chair of the Senate Healthcare Committee in Washington State. There has been talk over the years about blue Democrats and green Democrats and and Hillary Hillary Democrats and Bernie Kratz and all that stuff. How would you define for listeners what an Annette Cleveland Democrat is? That's a tough question. I don't like labels. I have been I'm a lifelong Democrat. I grew up in a labor family. My dad was president, ILWU Local 4, so I have a strong labor background. 
But coupled with that, I served as a congressional staff person for over a decade, uh, worked for U.S. Senator Brock Adams, Mm -hmm. U.S. Senator Patty Murray, but then went on to work for our Greater Vancouver Chamber of Commerce. And so I think I bring a really varied uh, background to my policy work in the legislature because, again, I always start from the place of how do we solve the problem? How do we get the work done together? That's really my guiding principle. And there are many, many times I sit on the Senate floor preparing to vote, and I have to ask myself, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. I've, I, I'm, I'm listening to all different perspectives from various different stakeholders. I have to obviously always keep in mind, first and foremost, my constituents at home that I'm there to represent, and I have to ask myself, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. And that's the beauty, frankly, of working hard to maintain a career as well. I've worked hard for that career over 30 yeah. plus years. And uh, I'm not here to be a career legislator. I'm here to do the very best job that I can for the state. Annette Cleveland, Senator from the 49th Legislative District in Washington State, Southwest Washington. Thanks for making time. Thank you. You bet. This episode was produced by Emily Berger, myself, and a team here at State of Reform that includes Kariana Wilson, Margie High, Rita Waldrop, Laura Lumberg, Aaron Horton, Brandon Johnson, and a number of other folks working to try to bridge the gap between health care and health policy. You can read our stuff at stateofreform.com, sign up for our email, Five Things We're Watching, and join us at one of our conferences across the Western United States in cities like Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, Honolulu, Hawaii, Seattle, Washington, and others. Thanks again for listening. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks again.